The following podcast contains graphic discussion of true crimes laced with foul language and tipsy banter that may be offensive and disturbing to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Wednesday Crimes Day. Right. We don't have to just settle on one day. Any right. day could be Wednesday Crimes Day. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. All you need is a bottle of wine. Yep. And somebody to talk about your crime with. <laughs> That's awesome. Wednesday Crimes Day. Anyway, um, all right. So, look, it's a beautiful day here in upstate New York. It's spring-like. The, I could not wait to open today's bottle of wine. I, I thought about it all day because I put it in the <laughs> fridge this morning. To chill it. To chill it. And it looks really good in that bottle, and I really oh just want to start gorgeous. drinking um, this very soon. So can you please okay. tell us yes. about the wine? Please, please. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So we have a bottle from Naked Winery, and it's called Wild and Free. And this is the Pinot Gris, or Gris, excuse me, and it looks fantastic it looks yeah summery springy very springy yeah it looks like actually you know what it looks very bo- boho to me oh like yeah. very bohemian wild and free mm-hmm. but anyway this is like a really awesome bottle of wine that we got mm-hmm. here it's from oregon um from our friends at naked winery awesome yes, thank you thank you okay let's get some of this in yep. our glasses so that we can go on with our day. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Ooh, and the chilled glass. Oh, oh yeah. So good. So on the back of the bottle, I have to share oh. this with you because it's so amazing. This is really nice. It says, drink the wines you like with the people you love in the places you want to share. Aw, that's I mean, perfect. Isn't yeah. that what you want to hear? Look, when I pop open a bottle of wine, I'm psyched that we're chilling and hanging out and talking about the stuff we like to talk about. When I open a bottle of wine, I like to envision being with a room full of my girlfriends. When I open a bottle of wine, I like to envision being with my husband. I mean, seriously, wine makes me want to be around the people that I love. I love it. And yeah, it's so true. Why not share a bottle of wine? And talk about crime. Crime. I know. I was getting so <laughs> sentimental and lovely. And now it's like all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about these people getting killed. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, I have to tell you what I'm really, really loving about these wines mm-hmm. and scheduling. See, in the beginning, we weren't even scheduling shows. We were no. just like, hey, yeah, just come do, up with yeah. something. <laughs> We'll whatever you want to talk about whatever you want to talk yeah. about but now that we have a nice we like we have a wine rack here in our recording space and we love it because now we're looking at these beautiful bottles and we are able to schedule our shows based on them that's what we figured we'd yeah. start doing so since we're doing the naked winery wild and free of course when you think wild and free you think bohemian you mm-hmm. think Drifters. Drifters yes. are wild and free. You think of a time 
Like I think about live free, yeah, live free, hippie movement, do what you want to yep. do, do your thing, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Free spirits. Oh, I absolutely. Like, I like to think of myself as a free spirit in ways. I mean, I'm definitely wouldn't do what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> right. Um, no judgment, but scares the shit out of me if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, so me with too. The, with the um wild and free theme, we thought we would talk about hitchhike. Right. And things that can go wrong when you're hitchhiking. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, you know, it was at one time a popular way to get around. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people doing it in the 70s, 60s, 70s. I'm, you know, thinking 80s. I mean, people still do it because actually my story is pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it goes back several years, but it's new. Mm-hmm. It's after 2000s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think of hitchhiking, I'm thinking of, like, long-haired hippies trying to hitch a ride to the next right. concert. Right. And that's awesome. Because when I think about that, I wish I could have done that right. back then. <laughs> but maybe not so much anymore. Well, I know I wouldn't anymore. Maybe not so. Probably no not. one would ever get in anyone's car now. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't even do it then, probably. I'm all talk. But at the same time, it's fun to read about hitchhiker stories. Oh, yeah. Because they're so This was scary. a lot of fun. Yeah, this was really fun really fun right wasn't it so hitchhiker stories are really scary and they're fun so okay let's go um i guess i'll kick it off all right um i'll i'll do a little kick off today um i'm hearing some music and it sounds like kind of like um (laughs) if i'm gonna be honest with you rebecca it sounds like a little bit of like sort of a devil worshiping (laughs) like witch it's sort of, one of my it's one of your podcasts. One of the, okay. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. Actually, you're I don't reminding. Know how that even started? Uh, it happened. It's so weird. I know. All of a sudden, here oh, we are. I'm starting my story, and I'm hearing like these like voodoo <laughs> chants coming from like Rebecca's uh, coach heart. bag over there. I'm like, what is going on? We already had sorry. a ghost situation yes. we don't need another one we're gonna put together so we had this awesome situation don't want to go off track too much but we had this awesome situation where we recorded and listened back and we swear we heard a ghost because it was a voice that was not ours and we were the only ones here yeah and it's freaking us out really so freaky. what we're gonna do is we're gonna get it all together and we're gonna like do uh we're gonna talk about it and post it out there, but we got to get it together a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. All right. So, okay. And that'll be like extras. Right. So hitchhiker stories. Um, you know, scary to think about. Uh, I certainly wouldn't hitchhike today. No. I've never I hitchhiked mean, in my life. And on the on the flip side, I would never pick up a hitchhiker. Right. <laughs> no offense to hitchhikers, because okay. there's I'm sure people love the you know great outdoors and just love you know getting rides and you know enjoying company. Well, they, and getting, yeah. yeah, they do it around here between here and the next town. They'll just <laughs> flag somebody down and they jump in, and nine out of ten times they know the person. Right. Right. Because they're locals, so right. they jump it. <laughs> Exactly. Around parts like right. this. Yeah. Yeah, you get to 
know your people, but I'm talking about like you know down south yeah, when it's just like passerby. Yeah, when you're getting to the high, you know, right near highways and right, things. Right. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Like I think about it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like really dangerous. Oh I yeah. Think. Anyway. So, today I'm going to talk about the murder of Yoshan Marie Ashbrook. On July 31st, 2002, a 16-year-old Yoshan Ashbrook was reported as a runaway. A rebellious teen, she actually had a history of running away and would typically spend a night or two at a friend's house and then return back home. But on this particular day in July, Yoshan left for home for good after having an argument with her parents over smoking marijuana. Okay, here's the thing. She's 16... I'm not condoning that 16-year-old should be smoking, but I think, you know, they maybe could have, like, had that open conversation that they show on those, like, extended <laughs> commercials, you right. know, where right. they're just, like, you know, the family gets together and is like, hey, look, you're going to high school, just want to say coming around your way might be a little bit of you know this stuff rolled up <laughs> it happened to us it just happens try to stay away from it so but no she's coming home the 16 year old smoking weed now i'm just assuming and the parents are just like you're grounded for life you're not going out like you know and right. then this big fight erupts okay and she's like i'm not going over to my friend's house tonight right. i'm i'm getting out of town tonight <laughs> type of thing so that's why i'm thinking that's kind of how the fight went right so her parents called the police all of her friends and even went to her known hangouts but was unable to track her down that's because early that morning yoshan was walking beside the road near her house when she met a man at an intersection Philip Parton, who was driving his seven-year-old daughter in a maroon pickup truck, offered to give Yoshan a ride. So, okay, you see somebody, you know, you're 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 16, mm -hmm. so you're thinking, oh, I'll just hitchhike. I can get I just gotta get out of here. So let me hitchhike. Mm -hmm. You see a man, or you know, you're just walking, and the man's pulling up, and there's a little girl in there. So automatically you think, your oh, defenses I must are be down. Safe. Yeah, your defenses are going to be right. like diminished. You're going to say, oh, this guy's a nice guy. He's he has a dad. A, yeah, he's a dad. He's got a little yeah. girl. Yeah. You know, if I was I'm ever going to take a ride from anybody, he'd be the one I'd want to take one from. <laughs> I'm, I'm safe with this man and his little girl, right? Right. Okay. Wow. Soon afterward, Yoshan called her boyfriend's residence using a cell phone in Parton's possession. Minutes after placing the call, Yoshan arrives at her boyfriend's house in the pickup truck described as Burgundy. She gave her boyfriend's mother a note to pass along to her boyfriend and left in the same pickup truck. Shortly thereafter, the trio stopped at a local Walmart and purchased some fishing gear. So now she's like, okay, the girl's off from school. Her dad's taking her out. It's a beautiful day. I'm here. Yeah, I'll do some fishing. Why not? It's a lot better than fighting with my parents over smoking some weed, right? No. <laughs> so she's like, all right, I'll go to Walmart. I'll get some lures. Why not? All right. Well, Parton and Yoshan spent the day fishing and swimming with Parton's daughter, Patricia, before returning to the Newport Ritchie house of Fred and Diana Coffin, where Parton and his daughter were staying. 
Diana Kaufman observed Parton's daughter and another female sitting in Parton's room playing video games. She noticed that the female was wearing shorts, but she did not see the female's face. Later that night, Parton and Yoshan left the house without Parton's daughter, who was now asleep on the living room couch. Mm. All right, so mm. little girl falls asleep. The dad tucks her in in the living room mm -hmm. and is now hanging out in the bedroom with the 16-year-old. Oh, my God. Okay? Yep. All right. The next morning, Yoshan's body was discovered in a wooded area approximately 50 feet from the highway. She was found with her shirt pulled up to the top of her shoulder blades and she was nude from the waist down. She had six incisor wounds on her face and her hands and arms or defensive wounds. She was beaten and strangled, her throat cut, and her head ripped from her spine. Oh, God. The ultimate cause of death was blunt head and neck trauma. There was no indication of sexual assault. And you know what? As bad as that sounds, anytime I ever hear at the end there was no indication of sexual assault, I always feel like, well, thank God. Like, I mean, like, you know, I yeah. trust me, I don't want any of that other stuff to happen to her at all. Right. But when I but, hear there's no sex, like, it's like, just a little, it just, it, yeah. yeah. Because, oh, all right, anyway. It nine, just doesn't add insult to injury at that point. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And as a woman, you just, you know, you're just there's like, some thank grief God. in the whole terrible situation. Exactly. Thank God there's some. Exactly. Um, nine days after the discovery, Parton left the Kaufman's house and dropped his daughter off at the home of a friend. Without disclosing his intended destination, just stating not to ask any questions and that he would be back as soon as he can, he then abandoned his truck and ultimately left Florida. Oh my God. Now, this is where the, like, police come in and the story starts getting a little bit more interesting. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm just going to have, like, oh, it's a sip of wine. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Because it's so good. Mm. Guys, this is like... Oh, my God, total summer wine. I'm just digging this sort of vibe of, like, today is a day where I just feel like, you know, hey, I'm just going to drink this wine and just, you know... Chill. Shoot the shit. Yep. All right. So I, I hope our, who's ever listening to this episode is just like, it, 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 I hope they feel like they're here with us. Right. Drinking. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously, get, get yourself a bottle of yes. wine right now. Mm -hmm. If you're home and you're just chilling and not doing anything, like get yourself, Pour a, yourself wine. a glass. Yeah. Drink with us. Yes. Why not? <laughs> we'll be funnier. The more you drink, the funnier we'll get. All right. Let's get into this crazy story yes. okay. here. All okay. right. My wine yes, break yes. is over. All right. But I needed it. Okay. So upon inspection of Yoshan's body, a hair was discovered embedded in one of the defensive wounds in her fingers and was taken for testing. In the meantime, law enforcement... <laughs> Where did that accent come from? What? <laughs> Like I, I, I'm like you know. That was weird. I know. Oh, you'll have to play that back. Maybe that was somebody taking over your voice. <laughs> I just you were complaining the ghost. <laughs> she had this weird voice. Well, then they gave you that voice. Oh yeah, I just like was possessed by the uh, you know old lady Leona from you know freaking Bed Stuy Brooklyn over there. 
um, you know, where was I just then? All of a sudden, I got this accent. Like, what the hell? Anyway. Beats me. Okay. In the meantime, law enforcement observed tire tracks indicating that a light pickup truck had backed up to the area where the body was found. A passerby later reported to law enforcement that he saw a dark colored pickup truck back up into the woods where the body was discovered. So the police leader discovered that the cell phone from which the victim called that morning was registered to Parton's ex-girlfriend who once lived with Parton and bought Parton a maroon pickup truck. So basically what happened was when the mother reported the girl missing, they were able to trace her steps back to the boyfriend's mom. I'm sure police called the boyfriend, right? Right. Spoke to the mom. Oh, no, she called me. She was here. They looked up the phone number from the call log, mm-hmm. called the number, asshole answer. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. So, now they're like, okay, you know, all right, we got somebody to answer. He probably forgot. All right. Well, anyway. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So the phone's registered to his ex-girlfriend. So when the detective called the number and Parton answered, um, he identified himself as like, he gave him a false surname, right? Uh So I forgot what it was, but it was, yeah, I remember it was like Philip Tyler or whatever. Let's just say that. Who knows? Yeah. But it was a different name. I don't know where that came from. Okay, so at the time, Parton admitted to giving a young girl a ride to her boyfriend's house in his blue pickup truck and allowing her to use his phone on the way. He also told the detective that he dropped the girl off at a local Walmart. This is the same Walmart I'm assuming they were fishing. I, they were fishing. fishing they from, were right. buying. They were buying the fishing stuff from, so... Right. All right. Anyway, the detective told Parton that the girl was dead and indicated he needed to speak to him. Parton agreed to come to the questioning, but then failed to show up at the scheduled time of the meeting. Uh Uh-huh, because he had something to hide. Yeah. Hello. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Law enforcement obtained video from the store to which Parton said he took the victim. The video depicted the victim arriving with Parton and Parton's daughter in the maroon pickup truck, but it also further documented all three of them entering and leaving the store and then heading into his truck one more time. So that's totally to the contrary of what he said before. Right. 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 He just said he dropped her off. Right. But now the video shows everything. Okay. Yeah. So when law enforcement recovered the truck about 50 miles from where Yoshan's body was found, the tires failed to match the impressions taken from the scene, and there was no sign of blood in the truck. But Parton did make a very stupid mistake. Like, duh. This wound up being the huge break that the police were looking for. They recovered a few rolls of film from the truck's glove compartment, and after developing the photos, found that he had taken pictures of his truck at the time when the truck had the tires that matched the impressions at this scene. He switched the tires (laughs) thinking he was clever. He was like, I'm going to put these shitty tires on. I'm going to take these off. And he would have got away with it had there not been a picture. Oh my God. So he made mistakes along the way. He made mistakes along the way. And we should have every um, 
person like this pitch, picking up hitchhikers just to, like, you know, kill them. Right. We should have them all be this stupid. Yeah. Because then we would just get them off the fucking road. Right. Instead of, like, doing this to more people. Oh. All right. Anyway... Um, the police also found a box that belonged to Parton containing hair clippings with largely degraded DNA consistent with the DNA found in the hair taken from the victim's defensive wounds. Well, who walks around with hair clippings? Not I. What is he giving himself a little trim trim in his car? Like while he stopped at a red light? I don't know. Why? I mean, you know, I can't... Think of him as putting together, uh, you know, if I go missing, kid. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, what is this guy's freaking problem? He's weird. He is so weird. That's so weird. Okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, okay. great. This is great. Good thing that freaking fit hair was in her finger, right? Who right. thought? Right. The police did. They found it. All right. So when they were able to get a warrant to search the Kaufman house, the friends that, you know, they were staying with, mm-hmm. they discovered a portion of the carpet underneath a rug in his room contained bleach stains. So they pulled up the carpet and in the cushioning below, they found traces of blood. See, the bleach didn't go all the way down, but the uh-huh. blood did. Which, after being tested, matched the victim's DNA profile. Oh, boy. The police also found spots of blood on the room's walls matching the victim's DNA as well. Yep. They soon began to put the puzzle pieces together. The night that Parton had brought Yoshan back to the Kaufman home, he most likely made an unwanted sexual advance, and when Yoshan tried to push him away, he became enraged and began to beat her. So he hit her with either his... I doubt it was his fist. I'm sure it was something there. Hit her grabbed a knife that he had in his room and tried to stab her. Mm-hmm. He ultimately overpowered her and slit her throat. So the way he grabbed her from behind, mm-hmm. he slit her throat. And when he did that, the knife kind of went like that, oh, which yeah, caused blood. the blood, sp- yep. blood splurting all splatter. over the... Blood splatter on the, the blood wall. blood splatter on the wall. My Dexter days. Just like Dexter, like right against the wall, right? All right, he rolled her body up in a sheet or a blanket and then quietly carried her out to the house. Oh, and I forgot to mention, after he cut her throat, he had her from behind. So the way he was holding her from behind, it was like almost like one of those like wrestling moves mm-hmm. where they put the yep. like, you know. Go, yeah, well, that's what broke her neck from her spine because remember her yep. injury from before? So that's what happened. He had her with such force right. behind her. Oh, so anyway, he, yeah, he wrapped her up. He threw her in the back of his truck and then dumped the body in the nearby wooded area. He then returned to the Kaufman's home, tried to clean up the blood with the bleach, um, and then when it left the spots, he covered them up with an area rug. <laughs> okay, but, you know, yeah. walk in. Yeah. Uh, seriously? Yeah, you put, like, the tiniest bit of bleach on something. Anytime, like, I clean my bathroom or whatever, and I just use a little bleach, I can't walk into that room for at least three hours. Right. You got somebody just pouring that shit on carpet and cushion yeah fucking right you walk into that room that shit rings that's burning your eyes oh yeah your nose 
is like running, oh, yeah. your throat is closing up, you're, and, it and burns. you're supposed to dilute it. Yeah, you're no. supposed to use bleach like like one to ten ratio. Yeah, well, we already figured out that this guy's you know one small fry short of a right. half meal, right? <laughs> right? At this point, obviously. So yeah, he poured the bleach on <laughs> thinking he was going to get rid of the blood, and nobody was going to notice. But it was right. so bad, he covered it with an area rug. But sorry, dude, you could cover it up, but that stench is still going to be there. I'm like, who, who are you trying to fool here, right? Right. All right, well, anyway. So now he drops off the kid. He drops off his kid, remember? With right, the friend. right. So now he's on the loose. So in the months following the murder, Parton made three phone calls to the detectives assigned to the case asking about how his daughter's doing. So mm. Parton also responded to questioning about the murder and admitted that he did pick up Yoshan, the victim. He did take her fishing and then drove her back to the Kaufman's house. He told the detective that he dropped the victim off at the same intersection where he picked her up earlier that day and denied any sexual contact or involvement in her murder. Right. No indications of sexual assault, so okay. Um, in October 2003, over a year after the murder, Fred Kaufman agreed to cooperate with law enforcement and placed a recorded call to Parton. So this is the friend that he was staying with okay. at the time of the murder. Mm -hmm. So Parton told Kaufman that he was in North Carolina, that he had changed his appearance, and that he considered himself a dead man. Parton also spoke to Kaufman about his participation in a recent fight and indicated he had lied to the police after the fight in order to avoid giving a statement. So the police tracked him to Fayetteville, North Carolina, where he was arrested on October 28, 2003. His DNA profile matched the hair found in the victim's defensive wounds at all points. In a videotaped interrogation, he waived his Miranda rights and admitted to spending the day with the victim and again denied involvement in the murder. So he was first tried in October of 2007. He was retried in March 2008 following an inadvertent discovery violation. And then after the retrial, the jury found him guilty on first degree murder. Now, just when you think, okay, you got him, there's a twist. Right. <laughs> I told you this is going to be like in the Law and Order SVU right, episode. Because right. now you, there's like a it's twist. Like, dun, dun, it is. It's the <laughs> SVU twist. Here we go. Ready? At the penalty phase, the state presented evidence that in 1987, he had already been arrested. Okay? You want to hear what he did? Well, yes. Yes, I do. Okay, of course we have to hear anything. <laughs> well, it turns out he hustled as a prostitute oh, no. at gay bars looking for male clients. And after meeting one, Gary Thorne, who was a math teacher from Florida, while they were playing pool at a local lounge, Parton accompanied Thorne back to his home. Something happened that night. Not to Parton's liking, apparently. And he strangled Thorne with a telephone cord in his bedroom and then snapped his neck. Oh, my God. 
He was convicted of second-degree murder, armed robbery, and armed burglary in 1989 and sentenced to 17 years in prison. But he was released from prison on August 1st, 1995, after only serving six years. Oh, my God. How does that happen? We hear about this all the time. I know. I don't know. This is crazy. Yeah. He snapped his, you know, he brought his client home, snapped the client's neck. And he's getting out in six years. I don't understand. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, people get longer for stealing money. For vandalism. Yes, exactly. It's ridiculous. This is taking a life. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. All right, so he gets out. He gets out in six years. Lucky him. Mm -hmm. Lucky, lucky him. So he then worked in construction and had a daughter, Patricia, who was born in 1996 with his then-girlfriend, Martha Wyndham. He had sole custody of his daughter prior to Yoshan's death. So this whole time, he's raising her as a single father. Mm -hmm. So after hearing brief mitigation testimony from Parton's daughter and ex-girlfriend, the jury recommended the death penalty by a vote of 9 to 3 on December 1st, 2008. So the daughter and the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend, had something to say. Because the jury was like... He's a dead man. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. So they had him. The, the, you know, the women in his life, right, I guess that he trusted the most were like, all right, you killed this 16-year-old? <laughs> you better watch out. Because <laughs> we're about to, like, spill the beans on you right now. Anyway, good, good. That's, the, that's what you want, right? Because, see, yep. this man can't go back into society. All right, so at a Spencer hearing, Parton presented expert testimony from two psychologists. Um, And basically what a Spencer hearing is, is it's an opportunity for the defendant's lawyers to present additional evidence for the judge um, before a sentence is entered. Mm -hmm. It's like the last effort. Yeah, last ditch effort. Yeah. Okay, the first psychologist, Dr. McLean, diagnosed Parton with polysubstance dependence based on past alcohol, marijuana, and painkiller abuse, cognitive disorder resulting in part from head trauma, a major depressive disorder. The second psychologist, Dr. Einstein, diagnosed Parton with bipolar disorder and intermittent explosive personality. Both experts also recognize that Parton's biological father, with whom Parton lived until he was 12, physically and emotionally abused Parton and abused others in Parton's presence. So, yeah. Screwed up childhood. Wow. I mean, That's you sad. know. That's so yeah. sad. Yes. So, after hearing the additional evidence, the trial court followed the jury's recommendation and found two aggravators. Number one, that the murder was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel, which it totally oh, was. I absolutely. mean, that was disgusting what absolutely. he did to her. Yeah. And two, the prior violent felony of strangling his male client. Like, right. hello, killed again. Right. Okay. He I think if strikes. one time you get yeah. out, if you do it again, that's it. You're gone. It's you're like, done. You it, need to be removed from society. Totally. <laughs> it's like if you kill somebody and you get out and go to into society, you just fucking like better play a lottery ticket because you are the luckiest person yes. ever. Like, you know, Absolutely. seriously. Yep. Seriously. Absolutely. You're getting out from murdering somebody. Oh my God, you hit the jackpot. Right. Murder somebody again. 
no, not this time. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Unreal. Keep your quarter. Right. Not buying a scratch off <laughs> today. Basically. Okay. So anyway, during his trial, a defiant Philip Parton showed off the tattoo across his shoulders that he got during his year on the run from law enforcement, which reads, live free or die. <laughs> <laughs> Given Parton's feelings about living free, Yoshia's mother said she wonders if a worse punishment would wow. be to let him live out his days behind bars. Quote, sometimes I think so, she said, but I'm Yoshia's mother. I say kill him. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something there. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, go mom. She's, Hell yeah. yeah. I'd be yeah. the exact That's same awesome. way. Okay, so anyway, the court affirmed Parton's conviction and sentence of death. He currently sits on death row at the Union Correctional Institution, formerly referred to as Florida State Prison in Union County, Florida. So he's on death row. Good. Where Shan is not around anymore. And um, this brings me to my thoughts on hitchhiking. I knew we were going to be doing, you know, talking about hitchhiking today. Mm -hmm. I, now, when I go into Google and do my research, I like to put in as little as information yep. as possible, right? Yep. Because I want to see what kind of surprises Google's going to give me, right? When I started typing hitchhiking, okay, okay, there were a few links that came up right away that were like safety tips for hitchhiking or rules about hitchhiking today. Most of them had large lists of how to stay safe when you're hitchhiking. Right. You know, for instance, they had, you know, if you can hitchhike with friends, try to hitchhike during the day. You know, when you get, if you do get into somebody's car, don't joke around that you're a serial killer or don't right. ask them <laughs> that they're a serial killer. Make a joke about that because, you know, you never know who you're getting in the car with. Okay. So basically I'm reading this and not for nothing. And I'm sure there are people, no judgment here. If you feel that hitchhiking is your way to get across the country or your way to get to where you need to go, mm -hmm. more power to you. Stay safe. I hope you make it along your journey and have great stories to oh, tell. Oh, yeah, okay? absolutely. The but way it's meant to be. Like, in theory, yes. it's wonderful. Is it? Is if it? we lived in yeah. a perfect world, we would all hitchhike. Yeah, you wouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> just meet we just random be like, people. No one would be in a rush right. for anything. No. Everyone would get where they had to, to go. go. And if it meant getting on the back of a pickup truck, you just yeah. kind of jumped up and went. Yeah, just <laughs> grab a magazine. With, right. You know, you know you're going to jump in the back of a truck probably. <sighs> grab a magazine. Keep yourself like, you know. But nowadays... That doesn't happen. Right. So, and that's, I guess, the point I was trying to make is, like, I'm reading all of these lists of how to stay safe, and honestly, I'm all I'm thinking is, you know what? If I were to write an article like this, it would be, like, really one paragraph long. <laughs> Maybe even don't two. Do yeah. Don't do it. Here's how to stay safe. Hitchhiking. Don't do it. Thumbs in, people. Thumbs in. <laughs> Keep the thumbs in. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just me. That's just me. Oh my God. But apparently people still do it. So if you are still hitchhiking, please stay safe. I don't know what to tell you. I will never do it. I'm a scaredy cat. So I can't give you advice, but maybe, I don't know, read these articles. <laughs> 
they might help you. I still say the thumbs in is the best way to go. I do. That's <laughs> so anyway, I'm excited because I get to drink my wine now. And I get to just sit back and relax and listen. And wait, I have to just tell you something really, really what? funny. Not really funny yet, but I have to tell you something. Okay. So I have something else to share with you, but later on it's going to be great because after we talk about all this hitchhiking killing, we're going to need a little bit of comic relief, and I have something to um, make us laugh at the end of the day. Okay. So I'm really excited. Nice. Now, lay it on us. Okay. I know. (laughs) Rebecca, I know you have a good one for us Okay. Well, first... I want to talk about what's currently happening today. Yeah. Okay. I did the same thing. I went into Google just bef- like today and I'm like, oh, let me just check this out. One last, one last research attempt. Searched hitchhiking. Yes. And up comes Kai, the hatchet hitchhiker who became a viral star. Now he's on trial for murder. For real? For reals. This is Like, this is for reals. Oh, my God, because honestly, this is what you hear about in horror movies. Right, right. The hatchet hitchhiker. So today, opening statements, testimony in New Jersey happened today in the murder trial. What state are? Yes. So let me just go now. I'll just give you, like, the update of what's going on. Okay, so Kai... His real name is Caleb McGillivray. Okay. McGillivray. <laughs> McGillivray, I guess that's how you say it. McGillivray. McGillivray. McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> but he is accused of killing a Joseph Glaffy, a 73-year-old attorney, in May 2013. He had met this kid... First of all, this kid, he's hitchhiking through America, up in California, hitchhiking, and he gets into a confrontation with a guy who is killing or attempting to kill what he perceives as killing these girls. So he comes out welding a hatchet. So this is how he came up with this, oh, he saved these girls' lives because he just started butchering the guy that was attacking the girls. So this is in oh, February. So the hatchet, the hatchet guy was like the saver. Yes. So okay. So oh. this guy comes out. He say this is how he becomes the superstar, viral Ooh. superstar. Okay? He's like, yes, yeah, sounds I'm like an action hero. This is February 2013. So he's like all gun ho. Yeah, I saved these girls. Yeah, and and they say, oh, what made you do it? And he's like, oh, I just I don't have anything, and I'm just tracking out here hitchhiking from place to place so he became what they called the hitchhiker the the hatchet welding hitchhiker okay that was his that was his claim to fame sounds like a like charles bronson death oh. wish vigilante well but he went viral because i guess when they interviewed him he made some funny remarks and F-bomb, the whole interview with the reporter. and So it became a meme. And it went viral and it made him a sensation. So now we go three months later, he hitchhikes his way to New York City and he meets this guy, Joseph Gaffey, a 73-year-old attorney. And apparently the two men drank beers together in Times Square and... They got drunk, and then he invited the kid, 
to his house in Clark, New Jersey, and said, you, I have an extra bedroom. You can crash at my house. Well, that's what is alleged. But now this old guy winds up dead the day after, mm -hmm. bludgeoned to death because, and the kid is gone. Like he was there with him and now he's gone. I wonder who did it. Right. It's obvious. So he claims that this old guy roofied him, took him back. He woke up in a panic. He'd been raped and it was self-defense. He didn't even know that he had killed him because all he did was beat the shit out of him and then took off and hopped on a bus and was out of there hitchhiking or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back across. Like, he's pretty much like, um... So, was it that he was raped? Like, could he have been roofied and this old guy took advantage of him and brought him back to his house in Clark? Or did he go willingly and things get out of hand and he was gonna steal his money because here's this older guy with this younger kid who... Who knows? It could go either way. <laughs> well, I think that the fact that the kid was just like... Uh, see you later. I'm out of here. I ran out of the house and started hitchhiking his way again. Really tells a lot about who may have done this to the old man. Well, obviously. We know it was the kid. Oh, so anyway, he's on his way back, but he gets caught in Pennsylvania uh -huh. because there's an all-points bulletin, and the convenience store clerk recognizes him. Like, who does that? You just wonder, like, oh, who are oh, those people? Let me tell you something. So they... <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've been in many convenience stores where they have those, like, radios, the, the ones that they're listening to yeah. with all the, you know. Yeah. So they're yeah. hearing all the stuff that's going on. They do not miss a beat. I'm telling you, think about the convenience stores that we've been to, right. you know. It's, right, But these people, they, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If you're thinking about doing something horrible, don't go into a convenience store. <laughs> you're busted. Those bastards will remember your face. They'll get you. They'll know every detail. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, after all of this, he's been in jail. And uh, six years later, today is his opening statements in court. Defending, defending himself as a on trial for murder. Like in, today? In, like today, like as in today. As in April, April 9th, 2019? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. So that was just my my little tidbit. Yes, so, what ha so we're going to find out what happens I, to him? Well, he's in, yeah, right now. Follow the court case. I don't know. I'll look tomorrow and yeah. see. I mean, if they have any updates or anything. All right, so we got a Jersey hitchhiking teen who... Yeah, well, his his real name is Caleb uh, McGillaray. So, so he, how old is he again? Um, 30 now. Oh, he's 30? Yeah, he's now 30. Okay. But this happened in 2013, and now we're talking... Yeah, we have a 20-something hatchet-wielding hitchhiker who's saving people on one hand and then, like, brutally hacking up people on the other hand. Right. And, you know, look... Claims, though, that it was in self-defense. Yeah, yeah. So give him, yeah. you know... He's like the male... Eileen Wernos. Yes. You know, he's yes. out there, you know, right. bumping all the people off along the way. All right, so he's on trial. He's making his opening yeah, statement. Yeah, I don't know. Today. We'll see. We'll see how oh, it goes. We'll well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. It's one of those, like, where I'll just give you another tidbit because it just was a current event. And I was just just one last, like, oh, let's see if anything new is up. Yeah, and, that, and here we go. Hatchet welder, welding, wielding. The hatchet welding hitchhiker. Yes. <laughs> In my hitchhiking story, 
is actually the uh, Santa Rosa Hitchhiking Murders, which I know is so old and famous and everybody, but it's unsolved. You know my passion for like the victims and hoping that at some point, someday, there will be some solace to those families where they can feel that they can grieve and know what happened to their loved one. You know what, Rebecca? Hmm. Nobody likes an overachiever. <laughs> Between that last story, now you're hitting us with the Santa Rosa. Like, come on. What is going on? All right, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to sit back, relax, and let you take it over. Because right. you know what? This story is is it's really one good. that needs to be told. It's really a good one. Bravo. In advance. Go ahead. So the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders concern a series of at least seven unsolved homicides involving female hitchhikers that took place in Sonoma County and Santa Rosa on the North Bay area of California in 1972 and 1973. All of the victims were found nude in rural areas near steep embankments, creek beds, or near roads. So the the MO was always the same. You know, they, they profiled it, obviously. And they didn't know who was doing it or what was going on. I'll get into everybody individually, but the first were Maureen Sterling and Yvonne Weber. The second was Kim Wendy Allen, then Lori Lee Cursa, Carolyn Davis... Teresa Walsh, and then one unidentified remains they feel were all part of this. And then there's possible victims that either their bodies haven't been found, you know, they just wandered off missing or whatever. So these are possible victims that That haven't been linked. Right. And this is Lisa Michelle Smith, Jeanette Camille, Jerry Ann Graham, and Francine Marie Trimble. Each one story is just, it's just unbelievable when you delve into it. So it's really terrible because you think about their families, the, the people that actually had to endure this. It's a pain that never ends. Oh, yeah. So um, the first ones that went missing were Maureen Louise Sterling and Yvonne Lisa Weber. And both were 12 years old. They were middle school students. They disappeared around 9 p.m. on February 4th, 1972. So here they are hitchhiking north towards Santa Rosa. Well, their bodies were found December 28th, 2.2 miles north of Porter Creek Road, down a steep embankment approximately 66 feet off the last side of the roadway. A single earring, orange beads, and a 14-karat gold necklace with a cross were found at the scene. The cause of death could not be determined from the skeletal remains. Then the second victim, they feel, which actually I have a little... I, I After reading all the research, yeah. I don't think that she was actually one of the victims of this. I, I think that there might be someone else involved in hers. Because she was one of the more popular ones that came out. She was 19 years old. She was given a ride by two men from her job to her apartment. And when they dropped her off, they're saying she then got into another vehicle and went off with somebody else. Yeah. To like hitchhike the rest of the way home. Yeah. So it was like, hey, we're only going this far. So you get out and then you hitch the rest of the way in the other direction. So she goes hitchhiking. And 
She's got this large wooden soy barrel with Chinese characters on it. What is wrong? What, what is with these hitchhikers? We got the first guy walking around with a hatchet. This woman's walking around with <laughs> what a, a large soy, soy, soy barrel. barrel. Like, so what is going on? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Who brings these things? I don't things? know. I don't know. Who but it was brings enough. these things when you go hitchhiking, okay? Seriously, like, they should just go back to carrying that, the long stick with the bandana at the end with all of the, like, you know, important things that they need just to get by, right? right. I mean, what is going on? This soy thing? What is this? What is, like, what is wrong with these people? Nobody wants that shit in their car. You know, they're like, you're lucky they're picking you up. Now you're bringing this concoction? Like, what? Like, really? How do they get people to stop? Well, is this the new way to, this is the new way to hitchhike? You bring your soy fucking thing? I mean, come on! Come on! It was the 70s. I don't know what to tell you. But this is, oh, this is back, oh yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, this is all, oh, yeah, this look, is the Santa Rosa. This but, isn't the current I know, and honestly, <laughs> wait, and honestly, when you think about it, it does make sense, though, because this is California, like you said, in the 70s. You know, I envy how healthy they are sometimes. I know. They always look so... I know, but you never know what could happen, because, look, you could be looking gorgeous, all natural, and then you get picked up by one of these wackadoos on the side of the road. True. This so, is true. I don't know. So, she was last seen hitchhiking... Um, near this and en- the entrance to Golden Gate Park, her body was found the following day down in an embankment in a creek bed, twenty feet off the Enterprise Road in Santa Rosa. The victim had been bound at the ankles and wrists, raped and slowly strangled oh. with a cord for an estimated thirty minutes. Oh! Semen was recovered from the body, and a single gold loop earring was found at the site. See, the jewelry is, like, consistent with all of these victims. And I think that's why the FBI kind of tied a lot of these together. So it's like his calling card. Leave or take. We don't know because... You know what? He's probably leaving one as his calling card and taking the other as his souvenir, like a lot of those sickos do. Right, right. They have to have their, like, little souvenir. Right. So maybe that's what knows? he's doing. And and like like quite honestly, I have so much different jewelry all the time that if I have something, my mom isn't going to necessarily be like, oh yeah, that was hers. I mean, you can't use that as an identifier. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying. It's crazy. I know. Well, unless they're thinking that like maybe like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a jewelry person, well, so yeah, I, I, I... But, do, do, okay, so if you just made this gorgeous new earring, and then you're found dead, and your mom walks up and goes, no, that's not hers. Well, shit, she just made it this morning. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. If I, like, um, you know, didn't make a gorgeous pair of earrings, and then, like, I was found dead, and my mom came over and was like, <laughs> oh, did she just make these or whatever? holy fucking shit what happened to my life like I'm gone my mom's like meeting me because my mother's in heaven already like what like you just like why are you blowing my mind on a Tuesday I don't need to be thinking about this shit I just told you you know beforehand that you know it was kind of a week I kind of had that right and here we are it's like let me just put Jen into a really deep thought before she like finishes the bottle of wine I'm so sorry. Uh, Rebecca, 
Seriously. No, I love you, honey. I don't mean. <laughs> it's all good, Rebecca. I'm Let's just rewind. Okay, back Go. to uh, Kim, Wendy, Allen. Do it. So, something's starting to happen here. You know, the the jewelry's being left or taken. I mean, there's a serial killer on our hands. Yeah. Said local law enforcement. Right. The two guys that dropped her off, they were both given polygraph tests and they were cleared. They weren't part of it. They basically said, well, we dropped her off and she was off. So her her death goes un, unsolved. unsolved. And then there's Lori Lee Cursa, who is 13. Oh, this is the one that's really crazy. Oh. Yeah. She's 13. Yeah. She's a middle school student. And she's been reported missing by her mother after disappearing while they were shopping at the You Save and was last seen on November 20th or 21st in Santa Rosa while visiting friends. So she had deliberately run away from her mom from the You Save. So they got into an argument or whatever and she took off. So she's gone. Then friends say that she was going to go hitchhike. And her frozen remains were located on December 14th in a ravine approximately 50 feet off the same road that the previous Kim Allen was found. You know what? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? What? We're going to keep that. We're going to keep that in because, you know, that was the moment. That was an aha moment, people. You just witnessed an aha moment. Okay. So we're keeping it in. Um, I just need to grab myself a pen because I'm going to... Because I just realized something. I'm going to tie something into this afterwards. And this is going to be like a total impromptu okay. um, little tidbit to your story that I'm going to pull in. So <laughs> watch me as I multitask and take notes. As you continue. All right. So keep going. Please enlighten us. All right. So she took off and ended up visiting some friends in Santa Rosa. So after she had been there, she goes missing on December 14th. She is found in a ravine off of the same road in Santa Rosa. The killer had thrown her about 30 feet over the embankment. They say her cause of death was a broken neck with compression and hemorrhage of the spinal cord. The victim had not been raped and likely died one to two weeks prior to discovery. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. It is. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. So a possible witness to her abduction came later, stating that on an evening somewhere between December 3rd and 9th, while on Parkhurst Drive, he saw two men push a girl fitting Kershaw's description into the back of a van driven by a Caucasian man with an Afro-type hairstyle. The vehicle then sped north on Castatoga Road. So there you go. So people are witnessing these, and I think law enforcement at this time isn't piecing them together yet. And then the other one is Carolyn Davis, 14 years old. 
So she disappeared July 15th after being dropped off by her grandmother at the Gabersville post office. She was last seen hitchhiking that afternoon near the Highway 101 ramp southbound in Gabersville. Her body was discovered on July 31st, just three feet from where the remains of Sterling and Weber had been recovered oh, seven no. months prior. Ooh, going back to the old... Yep, but they say that her cause of death was poisoning 10 to 14 days before discovery. So that means so, so different way of dying, same location. Yep. So he's experimenting kind of on how, yeah. like, I, but they obviously have to be tied together. It's just too soon. Well, I yeah. mean, nobody else knew. I would assume, unless there was a copycat out there, it's and, possible. And to be honest with you, I don't currently have the statistics of that area <laughs> <until laughs> which crimes com were committed. So I can't decide whether or not I am in agreement with that. But I have to tell you something. This story is like totally crazy, insane. Right? It's totally crazy. Thank so, you for for picking this one. This yeah, is there's, such a good one. Just, there's so many things that it goes off into. The tangents you can go off on. Well, anyway, her cause of death was poisoning. Yeah. And it could not be determined if she had been raped, probably because she'd been, you know, in the elements for so long. Um, investigators thought that her body had been thrown from the road as it appeared that the brush appeared undisturbed up at the top. So it didn't, they couldn't find any. The way things like are out in nature where they drop them in. Yeah. That's why the woods are never a good place because, you know, there's you so many know. variables. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you could get a herd of deer come through. Anything and, and could happen in the woods. Any, any kind of evidence that could be there if they did walk down. They could have walked down a deer trail for crying out loud. It's a lot easier if you find a deer trail, you're going to walk down that than just try to trek through an un, you know, unterrained trail you're just not going to go into the woods you're going to follow a trail if well, there is one and that's the problem with the woods is yeah. that it's the woods yeah <laughs> it's not like a clean pristine fingerprint you're going to find <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then what brings us to Teresa Wall she was 23 of Miranda she was last seen on December 22nd 1973 at Zuma Beach in Malibu Intent on hitchhiking to Gabersville and joining her family for Christmas, her partially submerged body was found six days later by kayakers and she'd been hogtied with clothesline and rope and sexually assaulted, strangled, and was determined to have been dead approximately one week due to the recent heavy rains in the area. High water marks suggested that the body could have drifted several miles. And then there were the unidentified remains. On July 2nd, 1979, skeletal remains were found in a ravine off of the same road that is the dumping ground, approximately 100 yards from where the body of Lori Lee Kershaw had been recovered seven years earlier due to the age of the remains. Authorities initially believed them to be those of Jeanette Camillily until a comparison of dental records later proved negative. So, it w so they had first thought that that was her, but it wasn't. Uh -huh. So that's why this is in addition to her. Yes. So there was no other evidence 
evidence to establish cause of death because she had been there for so long. The only thing that they could say is that she was approximately 16 to 21 years old. She wore contact lenses, had red auburn or brown hair, and was about five feet tall, and at one time had broken a rib, which was healed by the time of the murder. Ugh, I can't stand unsolved cases. I know. I know. And makes then, me mad. And then the FBI gets involved because there's so many unsolved and same MO. Right. That they tied more victims into this guy. So I'll just go over them real quick. There was a Lisa Michelle Smith. She was 17. She was last seen hitchhiking in Santa Rosa. So why wouldn't she have been one of the top six that the... It was like so weird when I'm doing this. I'm like, this is the same exact MO. This, why did the FBI have to piece that together? <laughs> is this another John Bonet like, yeah. Keystone Cop situation? Yeah. I mean, no. I think they did eventually get it together, thank God. But like, I mean, seriously, these cases are so like, you know, I wish they could be solved because yeah. it's Most so sad. She was last seen in March 1971 and her body was never recovered. Oh. So she's missing. I and don't they like think it. that she was possibly abducted by him because she was hitchhiking near there. Of course. And a Jeanette, um, she was 20 and Santa Rosa Junior College student and she was last seen on April 25th, 1972. No idea where her body is, but again, hitchhiking, so they assume, in the same area and went missing at the same time. I yeah. see a pattern here. Yeah, I exactly. do, do you? Yes. So there's there's a lot more to it, and there's probably even more than that than they know. How many did they not find? Rebecca, if they all just practiced the thumbs-in techniques... Yes. It wouldn't have happened. Like, I'm I'm just saying. Okay. We're on to this. You know, we need a new movement. Thumbs in. We're going to start our new movement. Thumbs in. Thumbs in, everybody. We're going to just have a fist. Because with the thumbs in, it's almost like you're punching. So it's like, I am strong. Strong. I am strong. Strength. Because honestly, look it. This is how my feeling is. In these day like what we know today right it's really i don't feel it's safe to hitchhike no, i just really don't not. Not. right so here's my thinking if we try to you know i don't know like i don't want to tell people what to do but i think if we just not condone hitchhiking we could start a movement thumbs in <laughs> it's like stop hitchhiking it's like making a fist <laughs> It shows empowerment. (laughs) It's showing the empowerment symbol, right? Yep. I mean, because we're trying to tell these, like, crazies who are around looking for hitchhikers, oh, no, strange person, (laughs) you are not picking me up today and killing me. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Sorry. It is. Thumbs in. Thumbs in, everybody. Thumbs Thumbs in. in. I mean, it's important to continue with the list of names because we need to know who these important... These people are important. And the thing is, the suspects, you know, then it gets into... Okay, we've got the Zodiac Killer going on at the same time. FBI gets involved. 1975, the FBI issues a report stating that there are 14 unsolved homicides between 1972 and 1974 that were committed by the same perpetrator. Because of the Because of, right. Because Uh these consists of the six victims 
as of 1975. And, and this brings us to what the FBI started saying was that they thought that it could be one and the same, the Zodiac Killer. And, you know, there was these letters that tied things in. So the Zodiac Killer is the suspect due to the similarities between an unknown symbol on his January 29th, 1974 exorcist letter to the San Francisco Chronicle in which he claims 37 victims and the Chinese characters on the missing soy barrel carried by Kim Allen is stated in the letter. Well, slap my knee. I would have never thought it was the soy barrel that would have <laughs> tied this whole thing together in the end. But that's why Shame I wanted on that's, me. Well, and I didn't want to give it away. I Rebecca, and, you handled that like a pro. You handled that like a pro, my friends. I know. I just here I was bashing the soy barrel, and we needed that freaking soy right. barrel. See, that's the evidence. That oh. was the meat. That was the, the meat. meat of the story, and, and I was trying to gloss over uh, it. And you were like, "Wait a minute, what about that barrel? Who carries a barrel?" And I'm like, "Oh God, here she goes, chiming in again. Here she goes, chiming in again. She's gonna ruin the whole thing again." Can no, she? No, it's just... all right. It's all right. We did good. Okay, did good. Well, I love it. I in, love it. In all honesty, Rebecca, I but did finish the wine. I know. So, I'm, I'm so there's no telling what's gonna happen I know. now. I'm a little chatty, Kathy. What can I? Wild and free, baby. Wild and free. free. (laughs) Seriously, let's go because, okay, okay, I I can't wait to hear about this again. Okay, so the Zodiac Killer is now kind of claiming the, I I don't know if this was out in the news. It doesn't seem like it would have been. It's a very specific thing, like the Chinese characters on the barrel. Like what? Yeah, like like what? Who would know that? Right. So that was signed, you know, the Zodiac Killer. So I don't know that Kim Allen is part of the Hitchhikers, but is the Zodiac Killer one and the same? So now we've got the 37. Are these six just part of those 37. Kind of like a can we kill two birds with one stone <laughs> type of thing. You right. know, we got the Zodiac yes. doing this shit. We got somebody here doing this shit. Or maybe they're, they're working together, like, together, too. Maybe they're working together. They're like, hey, <laughs> I'll take the east side today. Yeah. You go on the west side. See you in the middle. <laughs> hey, Harry, what you doing today at 7? Okay, well, how about this? Why don't I, like burglarize this home and you know kill a couple of people while you go and um commit this heinous crime right joe (laughs) i mean oh my god and he just baffles everyone seriously right can they just find the person it's hard anyway well, and then he starts getting upset because they were, like, publishing the letters to the San Francisco uh, Chronicle. And so then he says, I shall no longer announce to anyone when I commit my murders. They shall look like routine robberies, killings of anger, a few fake accidents, etc. So that was the Zodiac's last, last words to you know, the public, so to speak. You know, the Zodiac is one of those um, serial killers who just, you know, had everyone compelled to research and, I mean, it was oh, a yeah. ripping, oh, ripping yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. series of murders. And everyone is wondering who the hell is the Zodiac? 
Right. So to tie it into like these, you know, well, it's it, possible. Look, Anything is possible. It's very scary. Right. It's going to get even scarier now. Oh, great. Aren't so there? in other words, I'm yeah. taking Advil PM after you leave, aren't I? Okay. Yes, you're, you're going to need that. Great, great, great. Okay. And yeah. hug your pillow. All right. All right, so Arthur Allen of Vahalo owned a mobile home at Sunset Trailer Park in Santa Rosa at the time of these murders. He'd been fired from his Valley Springs Elementary School teaching position uh -huh. for suspected child molestation uh -huh. in 1968 and was a full-time student at Sonoma State College. Allen was arrested on September 27, 1974 by the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office and charged with child molestation in an unrelated case involving a young boy. He pled guilty on March 14, 1975 and was imprisoned at Escostadero State Hospital until late 1977. So... The sheriff revealed that there were chipmunk hairs found on all the Santa Rosa hitchhiker victims and that Alan had been collecting and studying the same species of chipmunks. <laughs> Wait, what? No. Okay, you're, so you're telling me this whole thing is going to come together and everyone... Well, this guy. They're going to pin it on this guy because of the chipmunks. That's what they're trying to do. Obviously, it's just crazy. If you were to ask me what is the one variable that's going to, like, pull all of this together, I can guarantee you that I would not get <laughs> chipmunk hair. That's yeah. our... That's our that's our strong point right now. Can't this is wait what we're to hear this. Oh, this should be good. So this is this is the guy they think is him. Okay. Great. Oh God, it's hilarious. So chipmunk hairs were found on all of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker victims, and that Alan had been collecting and studying the same species. Alan was the main suspect in the Zodiac case from 1971 until 2002. 10 years after his death, when his DNA was compared to a partial DNA profile recovered on the underside of a postage stamp and envelopes from the verified Zodiac letters. So they are DNA testing the stamps under where those letters came and going against. But who's to say he didn't say to some other buddy, here, lick this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, that's so look, crazy. Yeah, but I'm not going to, like, because you don't, you don't want to assume somebody's going to have a freaking, you know, male assembly line where you're like, here, <laughs> you fold the letters, you lick the stamp, you put it, no, that's not happening, all right? So you think Sorry. it is the guy? Yes. You think, oh my God, I you don't know. Look, let me use my favorite anagram, <laughs> I-M-H-O, in my honest opinion. I love it. <laughs> but let's find out. I love it. Sorry, you mean to leave me hanging. Go ahead. All right. So, okay, the DNA from him did not match the posted stamp DNA or the licking of the envelope. Okay. So they said, nope, can't be him. Wow. There were also fingerprints in the blood recovered from the taxi cab of a Zodiac murder victim, Paul Stein. 
a writer's palm print found on the Zodiac letter of the January 29, 1974, and handwriting samples failed to identify him as the Zodiac. So he is not the Zodiac. All but right. they play. <laughs> well, he's not the Zodiac. Oh, I'm going to like this one, too. Here's another suspect. Ready? Another biggie. Yes. You go, know go, who go, it is. go, go. Can you guess? Um, it's somebody you want to do. Jeffrey Dahmer? No. Okay. Yes. Um, Ted Bundy? Yes! Okay, okay. okay. So, after Ted Bundy's capture, who, for similar who crimes... Who is a terrible person, by the way. We're right. not cheering on no, Ted Bundy. No, God. We're not cheering on Ted Bundy. But, you know, it's, it's just nice to know an answer. Go ahead. Okay. So... Similar crimes are going on in Washington, Colorado, Utah, and Idaho, which, you know, isn't all that far apart. No. So Ted Bundy was suspected in those murders, and Bundy had spent time in neighboring Marin County, but was ruled out by Sonoma County detectives in the 1970s and again in 1989. Detailed credit card records and known whereabouts of Bundy reveal he was in Washington on dates of some of the disappearances. So he's ruled out. He's a guy with an alibi. Yes. And then there's this weirdo who I just think is like some crazy person. I don't think he has anything to do with anything. But his name is Frederick Manali, a 41-year-old Santa Rosa Junior College creative writing instructor, was suspected when his August 24, 1976 death in a head-on collision on Highway 12, what is found but drawings of his former student, Kim Wendy Allen. Hmm. So he had these sadomasochistic sort of stalkery type of thing going on. Drawing. Not buying it. Not buying it. I don't think he killed her. I think that he probably has some fatuation with these types of girls. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, we have, like, a stalker situation on our hands, potentially. Like somebody who was killed. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, that was found among his belongings when he crashed his car and dies. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. So let's pin all the murders on this poor guy. Yeah. Well, so you know no, what? Look, I don't think it he's was. He's not going to fight yeah. back. Right. Well, he's, he's not going to fight back. He's and and I think the cops were just looking for, God, can we end this all Yes. <laughs> Put it on him. The cops have families, too, now. Okay? They need to get home to their families. They need to not, like, be spending, like, you know, an additional 40 hours a week, meaning they're spending all of their live-long day researching this case. No. They have families, too. Right. And look, if this is working out, then we need to investigate this. Sounds good. Let's do it. But no, of course not. That's not what happens because they're, you know, champions and they need to find out who really did this. Right. Okay. So it's obviously not this crazy person. Bobby. And then they tried to say it could be the Hillside Stranglers of Los Angeles. Oh, man. I mean, they're really stretching. This is going to be Richard Ramirez next. (laughs) No. 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 I know. But seriously, it almost sounds like that's where it's going. Go ahead. No. Kenneth Bianchi Mm -hmm. and 
Angelo Bruno Jr., the Hillside Stranglers of Los Angeles, were also considered the suspects at one time, but have been ruled out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. So there's 54 total unsolved homicides between the years of 1970 and 2006 within the jurisdiction of Sonoma County. They are just recently pulling out some DNA and they're doing some testing. And they started that 2018 with the new touch testing and hopefully maybe they'll find somebody. The same I, way they found the Golden State Killer, you know? Yes. They got that whole... Yeah, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And you know what? I totally agree. I mean, you know, they can find out what happens here. There, I'm sure there, there's a team working tirelessly to try to find out. This is, you know, unsolved mysteries are just like the worst because mm -hmm. there's so many resources that are like, you know, focusing on this and they can't figure it out. And mm -hmm. it's so frustrating, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. So, remember earlier I said that um, I was taking some notes when you were telling the yeah. story? Which was fabulous, by the way. Okay. That was amazing. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to your fabulous storytelling. I, But I was taking some notes because I was taking some <laughs> I think this is mine. I was um, taking some notes because, get this, okay? Well. So when you were telling your stories, right, there were like these hitchhikers that had, you know, they were early age hitchhikers, right? Like 12, 13 years old. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy, like to think about 12 to 13 year olds. Yeah. But then I started thinking about other stuff that I have witnessed yeah. that like, well, not witnessed, but that I've heard that like, it just brought back memories from like a long time ago mm -hmm. of shows that I've seen that do teach a younger kids about the dangers of hitchhiking <laughs> okay. back then. The first was Degrassi Junior High. Have you ever watched Degrassi Junior yes. High? Okay, now, now I'm talking back about in the, the day. Old, yeah, yeah. The old oh, ones, yeah. The old Canadian. That's the only times I ever watched it. I the, don't, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. old Canadian cast. Not yes. this yes, new yes, yes. regurgitated yes. stuff that they're trying to bring back. No, no offense to them. But seriously, the old stuff, Wheels yes, and Joey, yes. remember? Yes, yes, Okay, yes. okay. But Wheels, remember the episode, do you remember the episode when Wheels was hitchhiking and he gets picked up, that guy, he like has a fight with his family and he's like, I'm not staying around here anymore, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And then he goes and he gets picked up by this hitchhiker yeah, who like, eventually pulls over and is like, hey, young boy, why don't you come sit next to me? And we all know what happened to Wheels. Right. And that messed him up. Right. And right. that was heartbreaking. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, so he was kind of young back then. Then the other one that stuck in my mind, different strokes. Remember when Arnold and Kimberly, they get hit, they're hitchhiking because they're like, I think their car broke down or something. Right. Kimberly was driving, the car broke down this nice man. They're like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, let's flag somebody down, right? Whatever. Um, and the this sicko like picks them up, right? He is like Kimberly locked in some room <laughs> in his apartment, but because it's different strokes, you know, Arnold's still the funny, cute kid with the like uncomfortable uh, slapstick jokes. And right. <laughs> but like, 
while Kimberly's like fighting yeah. for her life in the other room. Uh, anyway, no, but seriously, these are good. I remember these good sort of storytelling shows about the dangers of being of hitchhiking young. Oh, right. Oh, because definitely. Back then, they were young hitchhikers, and I totally forgot that until you said it, and then this came up, and I was like, oh my god. Oh, totally. So, I, you know what? You want to go to old school days? parents out there maybe you should show them these go to youtube check them out degrassi junior high wheels and the hitchhiker i'm sure you'll find it that way and different strokes um when arnold and kimberly break down and don't forget it's different strokes like d-i-f-f-r-n apostrophe different it was like just different like it was it was their own like sort of like compound word there Oh, it's awesome. But anyway, um, yeah. Blast from the past. Blast, blast from the past. I'm loving this. Like, I'm loving awesome. this whole thing. Awesome. All right. So we finished the wine. Yes. Killed it. Killed it. Love it. Um, so that's great. Um, wild and free naked winery. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It's We're, awesome. It's great. We're going to have the bottle as we usually do on our Instagram and on our website so you can find it there. I highly recommend this wine. Yes. It's so fun, especially when you're with your girlfriends yeah. and you just want to like chat. It's a really great spring and summer blend, I think. So we'll have the tasting notes and where to find it um, on our website and also on our Instagram. So check that out. So Rebecca, this is what I was thinking. Okay. Um, as I mentioned before, like when I go into Google, I just like to put in like one little thing because you know, I like to see where Google can take me. So when I went in to do research for this week's episode, I just typed in hitchhiker and so you know, would bring up. Uh -huh. And can I tell you, there are tons of hitchhiker jokes. <laughs> there are tons of hitchhiker jokes oh. that I never knew. Like there was like one page alone was like the 46 six best hitchhiker jokes why they ask pick 46 i don't know and they click on that link because you know when it's not an even number it bothers me and i can't do that <laughs> but anyway i did find other hitchhiker jokes that were really funny so i thought maybe what i would do is share like two of them um just to end this show because you know what it, i don't know it's like Thinking yeah, about these love poor it. people hitchhiking, you know, just trying to get from one place to another and then this happens to them. Right. It's kind of sad. But listen, I got to say, before we joke about this and like, you know, talk about these hitchhiker jokes, definitely, if you are thinking about hitchhiking, please, for the love of God, be safe. Go online. Do your research. Um, don't just go out there. You can't trust anybody these oh, days. No we can't way. stress this oh, enough. Don't do it. Just, just, don't, just do don't do it. it. No thumbs. I mean, look. Start the process. We <laughs> recognize that sometimes you might feel like you're in a situation, but there is help out there. So do your research. I Call a cab. Call a cab. Listen. Why are you hitchhiking? No. You don't have a car. I get it, but... Look, no. if you don't if you don't have the money and you feel like you can't get away, right? We have to think of everything. If you don't have the money and you can't get away, get help. <laughs> what makes you think they can't afford it? Maybe they just don't have their license. Maybe they're blind and they need like a car. Like I get it. Okay, call the cab. But if you can't afford a cab, I'm trying to give options for everyone. Somebody might be running away from a situation where they're like, holy shit, all I have is the skin on my back. <laughs> but anyway, here's the thing. You know, there could be people out there who 
who were like, look, I need to leave this situation right now with just what is on my back. And they might not have any money. So you can't just be jumping into like strange cars either. So what you need to do is this. Get yourself in a situation that's safe. Get some help. <laughs> work in numbers okay try to work in numbers I'm dead serious I know it sounds funny but you need to do it you need to work in numbers because it just is safe oh, no, that way. Right. Okay. you get out you stay with a friend you go to a <laughs> shelter you call somebody right. you, there's crisis phone numbers out there everyone has access to a cell phone these days Absolutely. if you don't you're my husband he's like the only <laughs> one I know who doesn't have a cell phone but anyway and I know where he's at at all times, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so please, you know, do it the safe way. Okay. So why don't oh, we just end this awesome. with a laugh? Because yes. you know what? We need to. So yeah, I typed in hitchhikers, and I was surprised by the number of hitchhiker jokes that um, came up. So I was reading them, and you know what? Look, some of them are really bad, trashy toilet humor, which, you know, <laughs> is fun for Good. Tuesday. You never know. Others are a little bit like, oh, oh my God, you know, they went there. So I'm just going to, so I was reading that. Hit it. Okay. <laughs> um, here we go. So. A hitchhiker walks down the road. A truck driver stops and offers a ride, but warns him that he won't stop for anything. About 10 minutes into the drive, the hitchhiker starts to feel sick to his stomach and begs the truck driver to stop because he's going to have the runs. The truck driver tells him, stick your butt out the window if you have to go so bad. The hitchhiker does just that and lets loose. Oh. Unfortunately, he doesn't notice the two guys walking on the road. Sprayed oh. now with feces. Oh my god. The first guy wipes his face and says, What are them truckers chewing these days? The second guy wipes his face and says, I don't know, but did you see the lips on that guy? <laughs> <laughs> funny right yes all right um yeah okay so here's another one a nun was driving along a road one october evening and noticed a hitchhiker so first of all it's starting off as a nun joke okay <laughs> so we're probably gonna offend people here but you know what nun jokes are always killer so we have to go with it sorry screw you okay so a nun was driving along a road one october evening and noticed a hitchhiker the nun decided to pick him up after a while the hitchhiker says Sister, I know you would disapprove, but I find you very attractive and would like to have sex with you. I'm not married, so it's not fully a sin. For having right. sex with a nun. Yeah. yeah. In other words, I'm not married, um, yeah. sin's on you. There. Right. Uh -huh. You're the nun. Yeah, exactly. Um, reluctantly, the nun says, okay, but I'll have anal intercourse with you so it's not fully a sin because I get to keep my virginity. <laughs> so write that in there. It's like, who's making up this fucking joke? Somebody who like had about like a quarter <laughs> bottle of vodka? Like making this shit up? Like seriously. Like, I had a 
hard time even just saying that. Like, anal intercourse. <laughs> right? But anyway, um, seriously, I don't know who's making up this joke, but the, the punchline is okay, good. And I'm okay, getting okay. there. I'm getting there. Okay, so they'll do it that way. Uh, so it's not fully a sin because I get to keep my virginity. So they pull over and get freaky and get back in the car. The man says, sister, I really enjoyed that, but I have a confession. I'm married and have four children. Appalled, the nun replies, I have a confession too. My name is Bob and I'm on my way to a costume party. <laughs> Because you're like this guy. Well, it's taken forever, and it's taking yeah, twists and turns. But then the punchline comes. Exactly, exactly. It's so stupid. It's great. I love it. So anyway, all right, good. Glad we got some. We got some humor in there at oh, the end. Um, you know, this is going to be an editing nightmare. I can just tell you right now. <laughs> Can't wait for that shit. So please, please, if you listen to this and you like it, please tell your friends because. I worked my ass off, like, yes, trying to get this absolutely. piece together. So, you know, please tell us. So, anyway, yeah, our Instagram, we're doing great. Loving our followers. Thank you so much. I um, updated the website today, Rebecca. Oh. Uh, just a little quick thing, because you know what? Look, we want to keep our wine glasses filled. We do. I think oh, yeah, the tipsy definitely. banter really adds to this show. Absolutely. And it's fun because, you know, you want your, like, listeners to feel like they're your friends hanging out with us. And we love our wines of the day. So we need to keep our wine glasses full. So right now we have an option to send a donation of your choice. Any amount will do. Every dollar counts. You can go on our website now. Just donate. It's through PayPal. You don't need a PayPal account. You can pay with a credit card. It's awesome. You set the price. And, um, yeah, we would really love you for it. Um, so, yeah, if you want to do that, just go to our website, crimesuncorked.com. Click on the wine link. And not only will you see our list of wines right. of the day so that you can follow along and, and try them. them. Try them with Absolutely. us. Because we only get the be- we only uncork the best wines, let's Absolutely. face it. So, um, yeah, you'll get to see what we've been drinking and also gives you the option to make a donation. And we would really appreciate it because yes. it really helps. Because we like talking <laughs> about this stuff, but over wine. It's so much better because then we don't feel as crappy at the end, right? Right. I like to think so anyway. I like right. it. So, thank you so much to our Weirdo Winers for joining us today. I am Jen. And I'm Rebecca. And remember, as long as there's crime, there's, there's gotta, gotta be wine. Bye.